What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here in Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. On a beautiful summer afternoon here in Arlington County, it's Clarendon, the heart of the universe, back again for episode 196. This is Pace Nation. I'm your host, Chris Farley. And alongside me, we got a full crew intact across from me. It's Tess Strike. Tess, how are you? What's up, Chris? I'm good. I am good as well. A lot to get into, and let's bring in our other co-host to my left, of course. It's William e. Docs. Docs, what's up? Well, we have a lot to get into, including the fact that I saw the Capitals guy on skates again. Again? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. All right. We got to talk about that later on in the program. No, that's, a... that's all we're going to talk about, except <laughs> that I did say passing on your left because I saw him going the other way, and he has a foreign accent. All right. Uh, you know what? We, we did a quick pre-show meeting, and that wasn't mm-hmm. on the agenda. I'm going to add that to the agenda. No, we just talked about it. That's, no, I, I've, got a, to add I, to I've got another question about that. So okay. we'll add that as a, All right, a quick put it addendum. On the agenda. A quick addendum to the mm-hmm. agenda, but a big show to get to. Otherwise, uh, I was in Colorado, guys, and uh, we've got a guest from uh, Colorado when I was there at Den- in Denver at the mm-hmm. Kick Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, excited to be joined today by Bob Wallace. Uh, he started Run On in Dallas. He sold his stores in 2012. He's one of the smartest minds in specialty running. And he was an amazing marathon runner as well. And now he's fighting stage four brain cancer. So I uh, got a chance to sit down with him in a one-on-one interview. Uh, so excited to play that for you guys and play that for our audience as well. I love it when this show is a surprise for us. <laughs> It was it was good. It was emotional at times. It was really awesome. Um, so uh, really excited about uh, about that. So I hope that you guys do listen. Uh, Are you saying for uh, me and Tess? You yes. Hope that we listen. Yeah. No, um, I, I'm I'm confident the the listeners uh-huh. who are actually listening to the <laughs> people show who now, made yeah. it this far yeah, from their listen. listening devices. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm hoping that you guys. Uh, well, I'm mm-hmm. hoping you really do listen. So uh, you do the show notes for me. Mm. Um, inside uh, podcast stuff there also in today's program uh we got to talk about the pace the nation happy hour uh that happened on very exclusive yeah it was exclusive but i think there's some notable uh uh news from there notable news if that's a thing uh Uh, one of our listeners got married i want to talk about that and i also want to Mm -hmm. talk about uh some soccer news Mm -hmm. so um that is all on today's big show episode 196 um, so, I hope you guys covered a lot of running talk during the interview because everything right, else on your agenda was outside that sphere. Yeah, so all those new new listeners who mm-hmm. I was uh, promoting the show with when I was out at the kick show. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a running podcast, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, you're right. I, I lined up the agenda there. Not a lot of uh, running talk. <laughs> Happy hour, yeah. uh, wedding, soccer. Yeah, yeah, where's the running news? Oh, so. I think they heard. Yeah. Uh, I did talk some running with Bob, and it, it's, it's funny. Um, the... Uh, the, the episode that went into the ether, the Dick Beardsley episode, where uh-huh. it was a very similar show where I did a one-on-one All right, yeah. uh, interview uh, in a hotel room with Dick, uh, we, we talked about, he and I, Dick and I talked about uh, a race that Dick was in and that uh, Bob Wallace was in. And I recounted that story because it was an interesting, funny story. I recounted that with Tess when we did the intro and the exit of the show. The greatest show we've ever recorded. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Now, it was great, but I don't think I told the story as well as Bob told it. So it's almost uh, it's almost perfect. It was almost meant to be that that show goes off into the ether. 
because I, uh, although I, it was great, I didn't do it nearly as well. I don't think the, people understand what happened. You no, you're told correct. a story. I told a story that Bob's about to tell. And Bob is about to tell yes. it. But when you told the story, that audio was lost. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. So for now those who aren't following, are like, oh, yes, I got exactly. It. I got it. Uh, Docs was uh, obviously out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Because uh, nothing gets lost on my watch. And, and to the new listeners, he does the heavy Jeez. lifting on the editing and, you know, uh, recording the show. Uh, and somehow, um, Tess and I's brilliant work together. I really think it's a masterpiece. It was. It was. I'm going to find it at some point. Watch somewhere <laughs> deep in my computer. Uh, I think as much as you talk it up, you, you probably don't want to <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> but what is what is ironic is that Bob tells the story. And so it's better uh, to hear it from the horse's mouth than mm-hmm. to hear it, uh, me recount it. So um, yeah, excited to, 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 uh, to have him uh, tell that story. Uh, of the Boston Marathon when he ran in the same Duel of the Sun, Duel in the Sun that uh, Dick Beardsley and Alberto Salazar ran. All right, well, let's get to that interview. Excited next to be joined by a real mentor of mine, uh, Bob Wallace. He is the owner, uh, previous owner of Run On Dallas. He sold his stores in 2012, a great runner from Australia, and just, like I said, a mentor and just an amazing guy who's battling stage four brain cancer right now. He joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now we are excited to be at the Curtis Hotel in downtown Denver. We are at the RIA Kick Show, an exciting event put on by the RIA. Uh, a great week of of meeting with vendors and uh, talking a lot about running, but seeing old friends. And I've got an old friend here with me here in our makeshift studio at the Curtis Hotel. Uh, Bob Wallace joins me. Bob, how are you? I'm doing great this morning. Thank you. Hey, good good to see you. Now, you just finished your 8.30 meds, right? And you got just, those taken yeah, care of? Yeah, I got of? a fistful of meds down my throat, so I uh, should be good. You till, should be good. You know, hopefully I won't have a seizure. Well, you're looking good, <laughs> and we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, you know, we're going to get into the battle that you're in, uh, but uh, Bob Wallace, uh, just an amazing runner in his day. Uh, and uh, one of the best owner operators of the specialty of specialty run stores uh, opened his running store run on in 1995 we're going to talk about that but Bob is from Australia and let's start there born and raised in Australia right is that right yeah 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 grew up in Australia and came over here on a track scholarship in I don't know 1970 okay something like that and uh Pretty much have lived in the States, went back a couple of times in Australia, but ended up here. So, uh, yeah. And, and you just came over because of running. Yeah, I came over the, on a track me. scholarship. Wow. And one of the fellas um, who was a member of the, the track club, Richmond Harriers, that I ran for, you know, in Australia, came over here. I wish I could remember his name, but anyway, <laughs> he right. ended up holding the world record for the indoor two mile at one stage, okay. and uh, so I thought I'd follow in his footsteps and uh, couldn't run that fast. Right, but, but you ran anyway. But you ran pretty fast. So you ran yeah. in college, and then you know, in in the late seventies and early eighties, you were a, a, a very good runner. 
running the, the 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 marathon, I guess, was your signature event. Would you say right? That was your best event. Yeah, yeah. I was slow, but I could hold a pretty good pace for a long time. So yeah, I. I was a runner with no speed, but right. uh, yeah, well, I then the, it. The, the marathon suits you, and for our listeners who don't know Bob, um, it's all, you know, context of no speed. He, he could hold five-minute pace for quite some time, so if, if running a five-minute mile is no speed, but you couldn't run in the fours for very long, uh, but you uh, ran some pretty good marathons. Uh, one of the best stories, and I know a lot of our friends who have uh, been been following Bob's recent updates. Have loved your 1982 Boston Marathon story. I wanted to touch on that because that was one of my favorite uh, running stories from Bob Wallace. Um, you ran a 2:13 marathon. You didn't run 2:13 in the 1982 Bo- Boston Marathon, or did you? Was no, it? I did not. Yeah, no, because it was no. a super hot day. That's the yeah. ba- that's the duel in the sun. It's uh, Salazar. It's Beardsley. We had Beardsley on the program and um, a, a few weeks ago, and he talked about you, and um, you know, he said that uh, he 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 knew you you were in the race and you were in the top ten, and he really enjoyed. Uh, your story mostly after the race but it was a tough race so kind of recount that race and then what happened afterwards well it was a tough race um so i i had tried to run the the boston the year before Mm -hmm. and got injured and um ended up taking you know a little time off but then it allowed me to run my best time which was 213 Mm -hmm. at uh grandma's marathon um so I'd run my best marathon at Grandma's and then decided, you know, I was going to go run Boston. And um, so anyway, I it was kind of a, a fun trip. I ran for Adidas in those days. And so uh, I was uh, part of that crew and Greta Waits was the, the Adidas hero at those times. Right. So um, I... Got to see how the the really good people uh, <laughs> were treated. Were treated, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, if you want to make this a little longer, yeah, um, sure. So, at this, we got picked up at the hotel in Boston, some wherever it was, and um, Greta and um, Jack, her husband, and um, one of the Adidas bigwigs came along and they got picked up in one car and then there was about 12 of us hangers-on who got into another old woody suburban whatever they were and I got curled up in the back with uh, some other unfortunate soul and and we we made our way out to a to a house that Adidas had um, rented for the day. It's a, obviously people who know Boston Marathon. It's point to point. So you're out in the suburbs, 26 miles. So you're yeah. curled up in this this van out, going out there in, yeah. in this Adidas house. Okay. Right. And, and so, you know, we got to the house and got let off. And, um, you know, we got ushered into the basement because Greta and Jack and the Adidas bigwigs were sitting around having coffee and, you know, the rest of us weren't good enough. The riffraff had to go downstairs. Yeah, the riffraff went down to the back (laughs) and, you know, the basement slowly filled up with more riffraff. 213 marathon riffraff, but yes, right, right. But, you know, that's how it was. Right. And I I was very grateful to be part of that riffraff. And, you know, basically our... in those days, the the marathon started at noon. Right. So, you know, it was a long morning that most of us weren't ready for. Um, 
so anyway, we basically uh, stood in line for to use the bathroom and did our thing and got back in line, and that's how we spent probably three or four hours <laughs> waiting waiting for the start of the marathon. <laughs> and then um, at some stage, we were ushered outside and, um, you know, headed to the starting area, and it was kind of fun because... You know, Greta was known in those days, and Boston was not nearly as big mm-hmm. um, because, you know, their qualifying time was, I believe it was 250 for men and, and 320, 320 for women. Right. So and that was a was, hard qualifying time. No yeah, age groups, yeah, no nothing. no age right, group, right, nothing. Right. Yeah, so it was pretty hardcore group that got to run. And so um, as we headed towards the start line, Greta was in front, of course, which, you know, she was used to being, mm-hmm. but people would see her and take a couple of giant steps backwards and the rest <laughs> of us riffraff would kind of follow in the, in the slipstream. And so we, we got to the start line and, you know, it was a little roped off section and, you know, so I became um, part of the elite riffraff, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and so, you know, we stood around for a 10 minutes or so and uh, in this rope, roped off section and uh, it was kind of fun. Right. It was kind of fun. Uh, we had Jared Ward on recently and he just finished top 10 at the Boston Marathon. His experience a little different than this experience as an elite. But uh, it, you said it was it was noon that day, you know, like it, it's changed over the years. And just uh, and we also had Beardsley on telling us about how hot it was that day. Um, and that didn't deter you though so the first 10 miles you were still even oh. though it's downhill and everybody told you not to run too fast this being your first spirit boston marathon a veteran runner obviously but you still ran fast that first 10 miles right yeah yeah so i you know one of the things that i remember at the start line was some fellow who i didn't know and i know knew quite a few pe- right. people at the start line and he asked me you know where i was from and you know if i'd run boston and he'd obviously run it quite a few times and i don't know who he is um and he says well be careful he says you know the first 10 miles is just downhill and i guarantee you you'll run too fast yep so um you know the gun goes off and down downhill we take and um i get to the 10 miles and there's a clock there and there weren't a whole lot of clocks on right it wasn't every mile like it was yeah and i look up and it's 49.50 and i'm going (laughs) oh boy and i get a tap on my shoulder and here's this fella whose name i don't know and i've never seen again and he looks at me and he says i told you you'd run too fast (laughs) i was like yeah thanks buddy i I really needed to hear that exactly i know i've run too fast (laughs) right (laughs) and and it was hot. And in those days, you know, we didn't talk about hydration right. and stuff like that. I don't even remember, you know, right. taking a drink. I'm sure I <laughs> took a drink or two. But anyway, you know, we keep going. And, and um, you know, the, the, the next recollection that I really have is starting up Heart, Heartbreak Hill area, and which um, – I was happy to be going uphill like everybody else. Yeah, right. Like because oh, your quads man, are screaming. My quads right. can yeah. get a break, right. and and um, there wasn't a whole lot of crowd control, so it was a nice day. So people had their beer and barbecues and everything else out there, and um, and you know, literally couldn't see where I was going to run, except I could see there was a bunch of people, and um, 
cop on a motorcycle just kind of made a U-turn and thought, well, this fella's going to get right. lost. Because you're not, <laughs> so, like, literally no cr- no fencing, no crowd control, no, so no. there's nowhere to run. There's right. nowhere to run, and I don't see anybody ahead of me, right. so I don't know where I'm going, except <laughs> I know I've got to get through this crowd. So he kind of leads me up Heartbreak Hill, and, you know, I get to suck on exhaust fumes <laughs> for a few miles, which I'm grateful for, because right. it was the only way I was going to get up there. <laughs> So, and then, you know, we get up the top of Heartbreak, um, me and my cop, um, and he kind of peels off because now they've got a few pieces of fencing and I can see where I'm going. And, you know, by that time, I'm like everybody else. I'm completely toasted. Yep. And it is hot. And, you know, I actually, you know, I have fair skin anyway, but (laughs) I got sunburn. Sunburn. And so, anyway, I you know kind of drag myself for the next 10k to the finish line and you know with quad screaming and and things like that and and finish and we were we were spread out um and so anyway i i got done and and um peel off because the refreshments were off to the right you know in a parking garage and i walk into the parking garage and I look over and here's Alberto Salazar right. laying in a little kid's waiting room just covered in ice. Ice, right. <laughs> and he was famous for blowing up one way or another, either overheating or, right. or whatever. So they got a kid's pool for him and he's in ice and you're, you got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I got nothing. I'm just kind of in my, in my running gear, you know, and right. I look over and it's like, oh boy, you know. And, you know, of course, you know, I expected him to win sure. or be up there, so I'm not surprised he's in ice, right, on ice. Right, right, So, uh, and, you know, I at that stage, I was not ready for any refreshments. I was right. ready to get in the, get in the ice with get, him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm currently watching a video of the 82 Boston Marathon. I'm hoping to see some, there's YouTube videos. We will tweet out this video of, of the Boston Marathon. It just shows some of the scene. Um, I was hoping to see Bob in there somewhere. It shows Alberto <laughs> and Dick. And um, Anyways, but it is a different scene. But yeah. uh, no ice bath for you, but you no. keep walking back. So I guess yeah. you just got to go back to your hotel no yeah, fanfare, yeah so my no? gear you know the adidas people there was no one down there at the finish line or nobody who wanted to claim me as one of right. their own so anyway i'm you know we've got a hotel room um up there where the officials are yeah. and adidas people are and so i just kind of wander through and i get in the basement uh the uh the foyer of the hotel and you know, I'm just in my running gear, sweating. You know, right. I've been done probably 10 minutes. Right. And so, you know, get an elevator and take it up to where I knew the the Adidas people were so I could get the rest of my gear. And and I get off. And um, so I'm walking down the hallway to, uh, to the room. And, you know, here I see big old cart with dirty sheets and towels right. and i can't even see the person pushing it but right. i know it's coming towards me right and so uh you know i step aside and you know the lady who's pushing it you know all of a sudden the cart stops and she's you know next to me and she says did you run and it's like yeah einstein you know <laughs> i am in, in my gear and i'm sweat still sweating and i'm sunburnt 
And she says, well, how'd you do? And I said, and, you know, I hadn't talked to anybody. Right, right. This is the first person you're talking to. I got this big old grin on my face, and I said, I finished ninth. (laughs) Ninth in the Boston Marathon, which is amazing. And you're the first person I've spoken to. And she looks at me, and she says, well, bad luck next year. (laughs) And off she goes down the hallway. So here I go from a hero to... Oh, you schmuck. (laughs) You're not even good enough to win. (laughs) And it was was quite a letdown. So, uh, you know, reality strikes. So, uh, yeah. Good job. Fabulous story. Um, Do you remember what you ran that day on that hot day? Yeah, it was, I believe it was 217. Wow. And I think. Beardsley and Salazar they, may have been 209, 209 or 208, yeah, crazy. and I think third place, I think Rogers was third in like 212, but, yeah. you know, the rest of us were just mm. kind of hanging on for dear life, but yeah. What a story, Bob. That is fantastic. Uh, if, if there, There's many of the, the folks listening, uh, you know, they, they are in the running industry. If you want to hear updates like that from Bob, get in touch with me or Bob or, or Lynn sends a great update out. Uh, you can we, you connect with me and we'll, we'll get you on the list. If you're not on the list currently, uh, you gotta, you gotta hear the full, th- this was an abbreviated uh, version of the story he wrote about his Boston marathon, but told very, very well. Awesome stuff. Um, so, uh, at that time you were not going to make it as a, I mean, you're a great runner, but runners weren't getting paid. So you weren't going to make it as a, a professional runner and you had to do something else with your life. In 1995, you decided to open up a running store. Uh, why a running store? Why Dallas? Uh, why did you open run on? Did you buy, was it an existing store? Or yeah. Did you guys so your, your the, the short story is, um, I worked for, as a shoe buyer for a little place, it was a sporting goods store, mm-hmm. and it was called um, Athletic Supply, and mm-hmm. I was a shoe buyer, and my Nike rep at that stage wanted to open a running store. Okay. And there was a Fidipides, you know, about a mile away, and um, so we kind of, you know, we spent some time, you know, looking at this Fidipides, and, you know, because the fellow needed to sell it because it wasn't a good business and um so we spent 18 months going back and forth with the uh fran moore who owned the place and um didn't get anywhere he was asking too much money for it and um so after we went for about six months where there was no talk at all and and uh chris kind of had moved on and um so all one night I had this phone message and it was from from the owner of Fidipity saying, hey, I'm ready to sell. I wow. need to get serious. Where and was so the store? Where was the it city? was in Dallas. It was in Dallas, okay. Yeah. One and store. It's one time. store. Okay, gotcha. And so, um, so anyway, um, I called, called Chris and I said, are you interested or did you get a call? And he said, yeah, I got a call. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. So um, I went to went to Fran, talked to Fran, agreed upon a price, mm-hmm. and um, then I didn't have money. <laughs> and right. so, and, so um, and it was like $40,000. Sure, I'm right, talking right, 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 right. A lot of money. A lot of money at yeah. the time, especially And so, time. yeah, I begged and borrowed from friends, awesome. and then um, still didn't have the money because <laughs> none of my friends had you any money. Yeah. And so... Uh, 
and then one of my friends you know we went out one night and he kind of gives me an envelope and and um his father or somebody had died in his family mm-hmm. and he'd come into this money and he says you know i hope this will help wow, and wow. all of a sudden you know i'm over the hump wow. and um so we went and bought bought the store and and the store was in such you know financial disarray g- disarray yeah. that yeah. It was, and and the reason I wanted to buy an existing business was because it had open accounts, mm-hmm. right? And I wouldn't have to go through a credit check, Absolutely. which I couldn't have passed <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so um, we we at closing, I made Fran give me all the balances of all the accounts he had. And he had to pay, write a check to Sarkany and right. all these other companies. Right. And he ended up walking away with $5,000. Right. <laughs> and all the, all the accounts were clean. Were free and clear. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of how we wow. started. And that business, um, the Fidipides the that I bought, I think in the 12 months before, I had total sales of $180,000 right. in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a pretty lowly mark and, uh, we started from there and moved on up. So it it was fun. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Well, you, uh, quickly became, um, you know, one of the bigger stores obviously in Texas and with a lot of big stores in Texas already, uh, a chain of stores. When did you start opening? You ended up with five, ended up with five stores. Six, six yeah, stores. Yeah. When did you start opening multiple doors? Was it quickly after? Oh, yeah, it was quickly afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we didn't know what we were doing, sure. but um, we got very early on. We had a lady who was one of the th- first things we did was we started uh, with running classes mm-hmm. because, yeah, you know, we had so many customers coming in, blaming shoes, right. you know, on injuries and stuff like that, and I was like you know you're not it's not the shoes you don't know how to train <laughs> right. so right. we started doing running classes and there was a lady in a running class that um had hooked up with this fella Kelvin Hunt in in Houston and she wanted to become a financial consultant mm-hmm. something like that and Kelvin was helping her through that process and and so she came to us one day and said hey you know, I'd like to look at your business and help with you, help you, and this is part of my training. So she and Calvin showed up one night, and shortly after, she decided that wasn't her business yeah. that she was going to get into. And Calvin, you know, we we knew that Calvin knew a whole lot more than we would ever know. <laughs> so we kind of hooked up with him, and he became our consultant for, well, he's still our, for, our consultant. For, forever, right? Forever. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't wow. anything that I knew. It was everything that Calvin knew, and we were smart enough to go, he knows what he's right. doing, how to run a business, and if we follow what he says, we will be successful. Sure. Um, and so that's kind of kind of how our business it was it was dumb luck like yep. many other yep. things um but we were smart enough to go okay this fellow is a professional yep. 
and we can follow his advice and be successful. It's so. it's it's crazy the the moments, the defining moments of your business, of your life that just are these, you know, the guy passing you the money. Yeah. Kel, you know, meeting Kelvin uh-huh. randomly. Yeah, randomly. Who, who was, you know, just a key person throughout yeah. the, the 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 life of your business is just yeah. it's crazy. You never know. You just You never, never know. Never you know. never know. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. so, you know, we started um you know, of course, when you start a business that has a hundred and eighty thousand dollars in sales right. in twelve months, it's not hard to see growth. To grow. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I right. think you know, just having product, it's right. a, it's amazing if you if you're in retail and you have product. Yeah, there's a good chance you can sell it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and if you're on well, credit hold, and if you're yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're on credit hold with everybody, it's hard to get product. Well, you gotta be, you know what, Bob? You gotta be nice to people too, and that's a key thing. And uh, you have a struggle with that at times, but oh, no, no deal. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, you're 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 all nothing but love. But yeah, I I agree. Hundred eighty eighty thousand sales. It's crazy how that was the where you started and where you ultimately took it. Um, so opening up multiple doors, uh, the classes, the training became a huge part of your business. You guys opened up, um, a, a, also a racing, uh, racing systems was the name of your, your timing and events company, uh, which you guys were wildly successful with as well. When did you open that? Well, we were already, Already we were already doing events. Okay. Um, so, and that was, you know, it was a great way to yeah. publicize our stores, you know. Yep. It was like, okay, we started doing pack and pick up in our stores, yep. uh, which was immediate. And plus we had a database. And, yep. of course, in those days it was postcards and right. not email right, or right, anything right. like that. Right. But, yeah, we, again, it wasn't something that was planned. It was just something that we did and took advantage of without even thinking about right. it um, or pre-planning it. Yep. Well, you had the three-pronged attack, and the, I mean, it, it seems simple now because a lot of stores have sure. it, but the training, the retail, and the events mm-hmm. are just so crucial, and it's, you know, with everything that we try to do in this industry, you know, the, the most successful almost things are packet pickups and getting people training to go to your stores. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah. it's simple. Yeah, it's yeah. very basic, yeah. and most businesses, yeah. you know, it's the old... 80-20 rule right. where, you know, you get the dumb, dumb stuff like, <laughs> you know, open a store on time, right. have well-trained staff, right. have inventory, you know, have the ca- cash register with, you know, the, the right amount of yeah. cash and change in there. And, you know, you worry about the, the weird stuff after that. But, right. yeah, it's kind of basic. Yep. Yeah. Well, I um was... Very lucky to meet you in 2008. Uh, first time we really connected was 2008. We were lucky enough. My mom and I went to uh, Beijing. You and Rebecca, your wife, and uh, you went to Beijing uh, for the 2008 Olympics. And I just have to say, I mean, I, 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 I appreciate and respect a lot of people in this business, but what you guys, and Rebecca's sitting here too, what you guys have done and what you did at the time to me was very eye-opening. Um, I, I got in conversations that you probably don't even remember, but I got in conversations with you about business when we were in Beijing. And at the time we were selling shoes and we were up 20% every year. And, you know, we're just, we're just on 
the growth of the business, our, our, our business is growing, but we weren't a real business. And you were talking about incentivizing your employees, meetings, like doing real things, inventory turns, these things that we didn't have to really pay attention to at the time because our industry was growing so much that I think you were well in front of most people on our channel. And I just really appreciate it. And then you opened your doors to us and my family went out and we, we went behind, uh, you know, the scenes with your stores and I couldn't be more grateful. And then we opened up an events business and we did a training and we did this very similar thing. So I want to say thank you. Uh, you've been, you know, a real model for, for a, a, a real uh, inspirational person. And model for, for me. Um, so thank you. And, and at the time, you know, I feel like it was, you were one of the first of, of, of the group of, of running retailers to really pay attention to these systems, right? And really yeah, run it like a business. Yeah. Again, that was Kelvin influence. There mm -hmm. wasn't anything I came up with, but yeah, we did, you know, we trained our staff and we kept track of things and, you know, people, like to be incentivized yeah. and you know if we were successful we had to to thank the people who made us successful it, because you. i wasn't selling shoes somebody <laughs> else was selling shoes right. and so um yeah it was it was a leader and most of it was because of kelvin because wow. he taught us that we needed to write things down yeah. And we needed to train people and we needed to track things. And um, again, it wasn't, it wasn't rocket science. Right. It was just doing the basic stuff and getting it right and being consistent and being able to go back and say, okay, you know, one of the things was, you know, we would go back and debrief on events and go, okay, why did, why was it success, right. successful right. or why did it fail and how can we improve it? And again, you don't need to go anywhere past, you know, fifth grade to figure <laughs> that stuff out. But sometimes, you know, it takes somebody else to, you know, open your eyes towards that stuff. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, I've been quite open to help people i mean you i'm not gonna totally open that yeah. was one of the things that you had this you had the keys to success and you'd opened your doors and you weren't you weren't hoarding that information which i thought was just incredible i remember yeah. a nike meeting you were you were running the nike meet at, at we we did a, a meeting where we went to nike team nationals or high school nationals and you were running the powerpoint and showing everybody the secret sauce yeah it was amazing yeah well and, I mean, again that was just I, your attitude yeah i wasn't you know i probably wouldn't do it for people who were trying to compete against sure. me down yep. the street yep. but i didn't feel threatened mm -hmm. by somebody out of state or something like that and you still have to pull it off right yeah even if you, you know execute. what you're supposed to do you still yep. need to be able to do it and <laughs> yeah. um we were able to do it and you know other people would go okay and walk away from it because they couldn't you know focus on that part of the business so well, you're, you're a real uh, inspiration for me, and I, I thank you. Um, you've really helped our business, and I think you've helped a lot of businesses. A lot of businesses are acting grown up now because you have to. The yeah. industry is different. It's oh, changed. sure it's it is. It's yeah. hard now. Yeah. I can't grow 20% by just uh, opening the doors anymore. Um, so you sold your stores in 2012. 
um, and you were going to live happily ever after. And, um, you know, congratulations, you guys selling the stores and, um, you know, you did some advising for the specialty run group, uh, for a couple of years, but kind of retired to Colorado Springs, right? And, um, life yeah. was good, right? Yeah, I was, um, again, you know, you don't know why things happened the way they, they did, but, you know, when we got an opportunity to sell, it was the mm-hmm. best time. It was a good time for me. <laughs> yep. Um, and I was quite happy to step away from it completely mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like a need to keep looking over shoulders <laughs> and things like that. So, um, yeah, it was good and I was ready for it and um, we knew, you know, when it happened that we were going to either move to Maui or mm-hmm. go to Colorado Springs and we decided Colorado Springs and as soon as we got paid, we bought a place in Colorado <laughs> Springs. And so, yeah. you know, again, it's just kind of, you know, the timing was great and we were ready. I was ready. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, we go on to the next step in our life. So, yeah. Yeah. And you were going to, you know, spend time with Rebecca and, you know, family and um, maybe do a little running, a little golfing in, in garden. You're mm-hmm. really good. You've got a green thumb. So you're <laughs> most of the time you're really good in the garden, right? <laughs> yeah. how, are your, how are your tomatoes now? <laughs> uh, they're holding on for dear life. <laughs> um, but just really, um, and, and, you know, kind of enjoy retirement. But let's fast forward um, to this year. Um, January fifth um you you got in an accident and your life totally changed yeah yeah so um actually i was coming home from dropping off rebecca at the airport colorado springs airport to Mm -hmm. go see her mother who was not in good health Mm -hmm. and um yeah, I I was driving home and I felt a little lightheaded and I fainted before like maybe once in my life, but that's what it felt like. I was gone through and I was like, man, you know, if mm. I can just get home, I can just sure, lay down. lay down and rest. Yeah, and um, so then I woke up a couple of days later and I'd driven across the four-lane highway <laughs> and, you know, down a hill and across and <sighs> all over the place and... Luckily, hadn't hit anybody and hadn't rolled the car and I'd had a seizure or a couple seizures and um, then, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know my own name when so I woke up. So you woke up. up in the hospital you, and your dog yeah. was with you. The dog was fine too. The dog but. was in the back seat and, and Rocket was fine and when I came out of my, I guess it was my second seizure because I had another seizure in the hospital. And um, I woke up and I remember my rocket just kind of leaning against uh, me in the in the hospital and I didn't know my own name. I didn't know Rebecca's name. I knew <sighs> Rebecca was the lady who took care of me. Mm. I didn't, as close as I could get to what year it was, was 1961, mm. which is, you know, a couple of years ago now. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I just kind of like, whoa. Yeah. And um had another seizure a couple of weeks after and then you know found out that and we were like 3 days from going to Australia. Right. Um and so we canceled that trip and then you know and 
early February found out that I had a, a brain tumor. So, so you find out after the second, so you didn't even find out in the first trip to the hospital. Um, you find out the second trip after the second seizure. Um, what was it like? Cause you're a healthy guy, man. I mean, I just feel like you, you've been healthy your whole life. And what was it like when you heard that news? Was it face to face? Was it on the phone? No, it was, we went up to Denver and I can't even remember what the situation was. I'm, I knew that we were meeting with an with a number of different doctors, and mm-hmm. so we went in um, to the first meeting, and that's when they told us that you know I had a brain tumor, it was stage four, and things didn't look that good, um, and I was in shock. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't think anything, yeah, really, and I know Rebecca, and we had a, a neighbor friend with us. Um, you know, they were, um, you know, they knew what they were talking about, the doctors were talking about, and it was like a total shock, and it took me quite a few hours to, um, for it to sink in that, you know, thing was, uh, not looking good, so it was, you know, we met with a few other doctors, and, um, you know, it's one of those things where they put you in the position, you know, and they look at averages and things yeah. like that, and they say, well, you know, if you don't, if you choose not to do treatment, you got three to six months, and if you do treatment, you know, it's 12 to 18 months, and, you know, again, they're looking at averages, they're not looking at people, because right. they can't tell. Sure. So, um, you know, my first thought was well to hell with it you know if i'm gonna die then you know just let me go um and then um you know we're driving home and you know rebecca's driving the car you know (laughs) (laughs) and it's like i'm in the in the back seat and it's like you know we're we get home and we talk about it and Rebecca says, you know, I really want you to try, you know, because yeah. they could be wrong. Sure. You yeah, know, yeah. and we don't know or how long you live, you know, they don't know. They just look at averages. Averages. Right? And so, and you're, yeah. and yeah, and so I, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I'll give it a go. I know, you know, the only things I know about chemo and radiation is that they can make you violently ill and you know i don't want to go through that stuff it's not worth it and so um it was because rebecca wanted to wanted me to go through this and you know we just had an agreement you know if you get really sick then stop doing it Mm -hmm. um and so you know i did six weeks of chemo and radiation and it really had no effect so I was like, okay. So, um, you know, I, for me, you know, physically, I'm great. I'm doing great. everything that I was doing, you know, six months ago. Um, you know, mentally, you know, it's cognitive thinking is way beyond or w- way below what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, my memory is particularly short-term memory is uh pretty poor and then you know the i can't a lot of times they can't put faces and names together i'll recognize people i'll know all about them 
but I can't, can't remember, remember a name. Yeah, my name's and Chris. I got yeah. to put my name tag on here. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. And so, you know, the first thing that we used to do, Rebecca would do, would go, okay, is it Charlie? Is it Dave? Mm. Is it Chris? And I'd go, yeah, it's Chris. Right. So I would be able to connect them. Um, and sometimes now it'll be, yeah, I know his name starts with a C mm. and things like that. So, um, yeah, but if that's the worst thing that happens, that's not bad. I mean, it's pretty easy for me to go to people and say, yeah, they'll say, hey, how you doing, Bob? And I'll yeah. go, I'm doing great, but I don't know your name. <laughs> I recognize yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know your name. Yeah. And, you know, if that's it's the funny. worst thing you ever have to do, then big deal. Right. You know, so um, stuff like that is... Yeah, it's yeah. a side effect, that's, but that's it's what, not the worst thing. I'm not, yeah. you know, I can, you know, go outside and walk around the block and not mm-hmm. get lost and yeah. things like that. And, you know, I'm, and, you know, wh- one of the things I tell people now is, you know, if you ever start feeling sorry for yourself and feel bad about what's going on, go to a hospital yeah. and wonder, you know, especially we go to Anschutz cancer center here in denver and like you know you see some people in some just horrible states and even for me and i i don't feel sorry for myself but or for where i'm at but you know you look at the position that people are in and it's like oh man i am so much better off than than these people because they are hurting, they got, you know, yeah. they're on walkers and in wheelchairs and they got people taking care of them all the time. And I'm not there. And maybe I will be, but I'm not there right now. And, you know, I'm in a whole lot better position than a lot of people. Yeah, I don't have a, a great prognosis, but, you know, I may be sitting here in five years too. Yep. Who knows? Yep. You know, you'll be the judge. <laughs> um. Tell me a little bit. Well, so, what does chemo look like? And you know, it's 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 an intense process, and then you get some time off, right? Yeah. Well, so the first six weeks, I did, I did radiation Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. um, and that was just laying down for five minutes in this in this shell that they built around my face, you know, for me, so I didn't move, and then. Um, then the chemo was two pills that I took at night. Okay. And it was 120 milligrams of chemo, whatever right. whatever the concoction was. Mm-hmm. So I did that for six weeks. I took uh, five weeks off. Okay. And again, I didn't have any side effects. And then lived a norm- normal-ish Just, life for five yeah, weeks. Yeah. yeah. And then um, now I'm on chemo. The last chemo I did was for five days, and it was 240 milligrams. Right, so they ramped up the from yeah, 120 and to 40. and then I get 23 days off. So it's a four-week four cycle, it. and now um, the next cycle I'm on 300 milligrams okay. of chemo, um, and then I'll have 23 days off. And, you know, because of my size, then that's where it'll stay. Got it. Um, and I'm also... Um, have this Optune device, which is um, a pad. Well, it's four different pads that sit on my head, head. 
and um, it sends electrical impulses into my head that either confuse the cancer cells. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that um, I wear for, well, I have the device on my head. I change it out every couple of days, but I got to have this thing going for 18 hours a day. Wow. Um, which has, you know, it's a little heat um, involved in it, but, and I don't feel anything except for the heat, um, but after a week or so, it's just started making the top of my head a little raw, so. Right, burned. And, yeah, yeah, and so now I've I've got it off until that heals up, um, and then I'll be back doing that, and yeah, that's something that'll, you know, I'll wear forever. Yeah. Um, you talked about going around the hospital and seeing other f- people. Like, how has mm-hmm. your perspective on life, you know, changed or evolved? Oh yeah, it's changed 180. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a whole lot happier now because, hmm. you know, you can either be an a hole or you can be happy about stuff. And I've just just decided to be happy about it and be positive about yeah. things and be a whole lot more compassionate about people who are going through bad times. I mean, you know, I, as a healthy person, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of time for people who were sick. Right. But you just don't know why they're right. sick. You know, I mean, I, I understand, I, you know, I have, no, I'm still compassionate to someone who has lung cancer even though it's been caused by them smoking for right. 30 or 40 years. Yeah, that was my that was my dad. Yeah. 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 And so um so you know, I still have compassion cuz they're going through a lot of yeah. stuff. Yep. Um but you know, a lot of this stuff is, you know, for me it wasn't anything I did. did. I just this thing right. happened. Yep. And so um you know, so when you look at people who are sick, it's like, okay, you know, that's not a good place to be. Yeah. Um, but mainly it's been, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm positive. And luckily, you know, I'm a very physical person. Yeah. So I like to do stuff. And so as long as I can be active and do the stuff that I want, then I'm in a good place. And luckily... You know, Rebecca has been so good. She's taken on burdens that, um, you know, even if it's just, you know, doctor's appointments and stuff like that, because, you know, I could probably do it. But, you know, for people who are by themselves without family, you know, that stuff is tough. I mean, it would be a real burden for me to do that. By yourself. By myself. And so... um, Again, you know, it's dumb luck. You know, it, it's one of those things that just, this is the way it happened. And and I'm not living in the past. I mean, there's been a lot of bad things that I've probably done that, but, you know, for me, it's like, what's today bringing? What's tomorrow bringing? And, you know, I have plans to do stuff in the future that, you know, keep me going, I think. No, it You know, does. and I'm not looking backwards. I'm not going, okay, you know, who have I not been nice to <laughs> or, or things like that. It's like you can't, you can't, can't take away stuff 
what's happened. Yep. And so, you know, I'm not going to do that in the future. I hopefully won't do that in the future. And, and you just kind of move forward and, and it's been great. It's, you've yeah. got an amazing outlook. Uh, you are doing stuff. Uh, you did a... A relay race recently? Yeah, I did a relay race, a six-person. It's yeah. a marathon distance, yeah. and it made me feel good because I had five weeks of training, um, and they're all people who are mostly older than me, right. and we stood around afterwards and couldn't remember anything. So, you know, <laughs> that made me good. It made me feel great about my memory because, you know, there was more, You're remember, <laughs> who was that? And there was like, okay, you fellas. You know, I know you're not putting it on because right. you can't remember names either. So I'm not going <laughs> to feel that bad. Spot. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. d- you did that, um, maybe even a trip to Australia in your future? Yeah, we got trip for Australia. Um, I've got a gravel ride scheduled for the end of August. I'm doing a couple 14ers uh, nice. like a week after that and 50K trail race in October. Wow. So again, for me, if I have things out there that I want to do, then that's more of a reason to keep going. Yep. You know, otherwise, you know, if I just kind of go, well, you know, there's no use making any plans, then, yeah, you then, know, you know, when, yeah. you know what the, yeah. what the other side yeah. of it is, you yeah. know. Well, you've had a family, obviously, talked a lot about Rebecca, uh, who's been just unbelievable there every step of the way, and you've had your daughters come visit you, you've yeah. had... Uh, siblings from australia come mm-hmm. in town so yeah um it's brought people together yeah it has uh, i mean that's been one of the good positive things is i've been able to you know get in contact with people that i haven't talked to for years and um it's been really good and i'm doing these you know weekly or updates. bi-weekly updates which you know for me it's kind of therapy um but it's also just to let people know, you know, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. And, yeah. you know, it is what it is, and I'm not doing it for that. But it, for me, it's therapy is writing and makes my brain work a yep. little more. And the other thing is I just want people to know what what you have, what you, what you go through. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I don't know anybody who's got to make – brain tumor so i have no idea what they go through no context and um and so you know and i'm working on something now which is you know um what the brain tumor is for me Mm -hmm. like you know what do i think about not what you see from the outside because you see that i can't remember people's names and i can't you know think about what happened yesterday or or things like that but there's a lot of other things that you go through you know when you've got the brain tumor you know what do you think about you know what's my what's the service going to look like and stuff like that that you know you're probably not thinking about and you know catching up with friends and and things like that so it's you're making and i'm trying to i'm trying to write that stuff down yeah you know Again, it's therapy for me, and it's also so person who doesn't have this, you know, can can get a little more insight. Yeah. Well, you've really brought the group of uh, uh, we talk about whenever I see other you know people in the industry. Um, you've got us talking. 
you've given you've given us perspective and you know we love each other a little bit more than we did before because we've got a really tight-knit group and um you really have brought us together so as a, as a byproduct of all this and in your writings um they are the highlight of my week i know they're the highlight of a lot of folks week so um Thank you for for sharing those. Yeah, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no, um, it's been good for me. It's been well, it's good been, for me. It's yeah. been awesome. And again, if you want to uh, get on that list, uh, certainly get in touch with me or or we. You can find us. Um, you can find me, Chris at Run Pacers, and we'll get you in touch with Lynn, who's over at Spinco. And Lynn is is a good way to get in contact with. Uh, and, and so keeps you updated on everything that Bob's doing. Um, man, this has been great. Thank you so much. Um, I, you're a true, true inspiration and I, I, um, you didn't need to sit down and do this for me. Um, so thank you. And, and I truly, I, I, I'm so indebted to you and Rebecca and all that you've done for us at Pacers and just for me and my family. And I I truly love you. So thank you. Thank you very much. And it's been, you know, like I said, I don't mind sharing what I'm going through and, uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah, kind you've, of fun. You, you've made it fun. Yeah. As hard as that is to believe, yeah. you've made it, made it yeah. fun. All right. Thanks so much, Bob. Thank you. Yep. All right. There he goes. That's Bob Wallace. Real inspiring story. This is Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right. Welcome back to the program. And uh, thanks again to Bob Wallace for joining us there from Denver at the Kick Show, the RIA Kick Show. I had a good time there in Denver uh, at that event. The RIA is a association of running stores that uh, put on this first time event. I thought it went really well. Uh, definitely the highlight was me sitting down with, with Bob Wallace and um, I kind of got emotional um, because again, he's such a, a mentor and um, such a great outlook on, on everything. And so uh, really excited that I was able to sit down and, and talk to him about that. He, he did, he, he, as I mentioned on that, uh, on that uh, interview, he does a weekly update uh, to a lot of folks who are in the running channel. And he just did his most recent weekly update. It's like a, a few paragraphs of what's going on in his life. And he said in the update, I also, and this is me quoting him, I also did my first podcast in Denver, podcast in all caps. I wore clean underwear and had a smile on my face the whole time. What the hell is a podcast? I have no idea. I hope I didn't waste my t- time changing my underwear. This pair has, uh, has to last me the rest of the month. Anyway, when I get the link to the podcast, I'll send it out. I'm not sure how to send out the link, but I'm sure there's a 10-year-old in the neighborhood who can help me out. So uh, you'll get sort of the you get sort of the idea of of Bob's personality since I'm talking to Tess and Docs who haven't heard the interview yet. Yeah, I was going to uh, say everybody else has yeah, just yeah, listened yeah. to it and understands the sarcasm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, so uh, really appreciate uh, Bob Wallace and uh, his his willingness to sit down. Uh, really enjoyed that. Sit down with Bob and best of luck. All right. Um, so transitioning from that. Uh, guys, we did have a Pace the Nation happy hour. We did. Yes. Um, and, you know, those are every six months or so. And mm-hmm. um, I think we put this one together without much thought of 
well, there being a lot of other competing events that day? There were a lot of other competing events for sure. Mm-hmm. However, our dear, dear colleague, yes. <laughs> Joanna. Careful, she listens to the show. I know, yes. <laughs> but that's funny. Previous it's host. funny because yeah. you think that you're going to say friend, but yeah, then you say right, colleague. Right, it's, right. A, it's a Chelsea uh, Peretti joke. Uh, she was she was in attendance. Yes. So everybody who didn't want to see us, ha ha ha! You missed out. You on, missed out. Joanna E. Russo mm-hmm. uh, was back in town, and that's kind of why we crowbarred it into that Friday, even mm-hmm. though there was the Pride Run. Um, I was just getting back in town. Mm-hmm. It was on a th- Friday night at six. I, there, there was probably. A lot going on to prevent some people uh, from coming. I love mm-hmm. that we're using crowbar as a verb now, too. It's, it's not a verb? Oh, all right. Never heard it yeah, used right. that you way You can before. crowbar stuff. Oh, it's man. new information. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to this. Farley, uh, I think Farley accurately used that. Okay. You can all right. crowbar well, stuff I hope so, because I'm going to be competing against a fourth grader here soon. So I really <laughs> need to make sure my verbs and adjectives and nouns are uh, all up. Can you define an adverb? Uh, oh man. Um, see, I haven't done my prep for the, uh, mm-hmm. um, you're going to cram, you're going to do it all in one yeah, night, but, right? But I believe an adverb is something that, um, that will, uh, that's correct. No, it, it, it really, I think it like pretties up a noun. It like gives a little more emphasis to a noun. Is that, that uh, would be an adjective. Adjective. Okay. Mm-hmm. Adverb. Adverb mm-hmm. is is a oh man I am I am in Pretty trouble I just now. I just need to stop talking. Um, <laughs> there will be more of that on episode yeah, two hundred. Exactly. All right. Wow. Can we bag this episode two hundred? Uh, anyways, the happy hour uh, was what I was going after, uh-huh. um, and uh, we, it was a good time. We did have uh, Joanna Iruso, former uh, host of the show in town, mm-hmm. so that's kind of why we did it that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a good time. So thanks for everybody who showed up. Uh, we'll do another one in six months, and it was such a good time. Uh, I would suggest that you do show up for it because yeah. it's wor- very much worth your while. Yes. Uh, one person who couldn't show mm-hmm. uh, was was Brian Knight. Uh, he has uh, been on our program before. He is the photographer of all Pacers running events, and he was getting married. So yeah, congratulations. He had, so he had his wedding on Saturday. The podcast happy hour was Friday. And I was giving him a Sounds hard like time. Sounds like he could have made it. Yeah, I was giving him a hard time. I know he had a rehearsal dinner. Uh-huh. Um, Those are optional, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. But uh, yeah, what kind of fan of you are? The, of you are? I kind of show? agree. Yeah. I kind of agree. Yeah. But uh, so I, I go. I went to his wedding yesterday. Uh, I crowbarred that in as well. Because mm-hmm. um, now I'm you're just <laughs> showing off. <laughs> yeah, I know. Crowbar. Because I had you know kids stuff, and I so anyways, I was there for a, a abbreviated amount of time. I uh, come in late. And I would, I like you to came say, late to the I, wedding. I was very early for the podcast happy hour. Um, Wait, what I do you think? Yeah, well, I don't know. But what what do you mean that uh, you you came late to the wedding? So I was late to wedding. They he had it at this place in Leesburg, this yeah. red barn in Leesburg, beautiful yeah. spot. Okay. Uh, so the uh, the entire ceremony, the reception, so far everything was the question. Everything was there. What what do you mean I came late? I just came yeah. probably. It, it, the wedding was supposed to start at four thirty. I probably mm-hmm. showed up about. 520. Okay. So it, like had they already done their vows and everything yes, when you showed done, up? They had done their vows. So you don't know if he really got married. Right, that's true. I assume they did cuz I did uh-huh. see them Does being he know introduced. that you were that late? Uh I, you know what? I, I I think he I did talk to him. I didn't uh-huh. I didn't think I made it clear I was that late, but uh-huh. um but they were done with their their vows and the ceremony and all that stuff. 
which is usually the boring part of the weddings anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. But um, you, I remember uh, the the last wedding I went to. You also showed up late. Was that is that true? Yeah, is that Bill, your own wedding, Bill's wedding. <laughs> yeah. There's a pattern here. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a pattern here. I was early to the podcast happy hour. I just want to be mm-hmm. on the record with that. Though. What what constitutes early? Uh, I was minutes late. I was there. I was there five minutes before six. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, so it was after the uh, the ceremony because the appetizers were being uh, delicious food. Delicious appetizers mm-hmm. were being served. So I pull up and Leesburg and this you know off the 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 the, the, the path uh, off the main road mm-hmm. farm farmhouse beautiful farmhouse mm-hmm. and there is a couple of leesburg police officers and a fire engine that are pulling in and blocking my way into the the, the parking lot well they knew uh. you were late to the ceremony <laughs> well i was glad they weren't there for me i was glad they weren't <laughs> there for me but um it was actually all seriousness a little bit scary because his aunt I believe one of his aunts, it was one of either Christy or his aunt, I'm not sure, but was choking on a piece of steak. And some hero there did the Heimlich. Uh, she was unconscious. They did uh, mouth-to-mouth and resuscitated her. The cops came. The, the, fire, fire, uh, the fire department came. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the middle of it was Lisa, uh, race director Lisa, almost there for a gold jacket, and uh, her wife, Murphy who's the firefighter and she's always in these like crazy like scenarios. But anyways, um, I saw her being pulled off, but she is okay. And that's the end of the story. But that Mm -hmm. was just a a crazy way for me to start. But You're you're saying Murphy also um, was in there in the mix helping helping out. And I think was, was very useful. I bet because EMT slash firefighter there. It's, it's good to have an EMT on the scene while you're waiting for the professionals to to arrive. Absolutely. So very scary moment, but, uh, uh, that was my, uh, my afternoon. Tess. Uh, I I give, I gave Brian a hard time about not showing up to the podcast happy hour, which Um, is good, which is important, Yeah, which was very important. Yeah. Tess, did you notice that, that uh, she was choking on a piece of steak? That sounds like the main meal, not appetizers. (laughs) Yeah. I was about to say like, that's a sit down. How late was it? That tells you how late Farley was. Okay. Uh, Uh, You know, maybe the end of the ceremony where people were like halfway through their meal. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Well, it was, I think it was, it was a steak appetizer, I think. No. No. (laughs) <laughs> Little miniature filet mignons. By yeah. steak, do you mean cake? No, it was not. I was there. <laughs> f- I was there before the cutting of the cake. I swear. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, anyways, but Aunt Mary is doing just fine, and uh, c- congratulations to uh, yes, Brian congratulations. Knight and Christy. Uh, beautiful way. Does Christy listen? Uh, she should. She definitely should. But I. But I'm asking. Does no, she? I. I don't think she does. Okay. Yet. Well, then congratulations, Brian. <laughs> I don't think she does yet. <laughs> All right, does it isn't shouldn't that be part of like uh, their vows? What's that? That she will now listen to Pace yes. The Nation. I would have, I would assume if you were there for it, you yeah. could tell us, you could confirm, but yeah. we don't know. I mean, like joint finances, joint podcast listening. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that's the. I hope that that's. I did learn that you know we have been invited out as the podcast to Brian's uh, beautiful home. Yeah, and he's got this for a dog hang. Dog, nice. yeah, dog hangout house, and it's a cabin in the woods. Like going all the way down 66, I think mm-hmm. it's where 66 ends, wherever mm-hmm. that is. I forget where that is, but you know, it's always and dreams either, begin. It's it's like Washington D.C. and then 66 and mm-hmm. wherever 66 ends. Anyways, mm-hmm. he lives out that way. Uh, anyways, he and his he and his wife now are moving 
into the, the big city. What? And I know. So I'm not sure how his dog's going to feel about that, but he's going to Airbnb his beautiful cabin. So you can oh, Airbnb cool. his dog retreat cabin mm-hmm. out at the end of the <laughs> Is 66. he advertising on this show? That was a good, good point. Yeah. Because <laughs> he just, I just gave him like 10 people yeah. that he was going to yeah. Airbnb it. Um, anyways, uh, that was longer than I thought, but congratulations to mm-hmm. uh, Brian. You spent more time talking about the wedding than actually at the wedding. <laughs> you, you're pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. <laughs> All right, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we had a number of races this weekend. We put on the we helped put on the Pride Race. We helped put on the Lawyers Have Heart. Uh, a lot of great races coming at you. Uh, sign up for the Crystal City Twilight 5K race. I just saw the shirt out in the, uh, it looks the green nice. room. Looks beautiful. So uh, you want to sign up for that race. Uh, it the weather. I mean, the weather was just amazing yesterday. It's going to be an amazing week of weather. I, I just got to think it's going to continue that that pattern. And uh, July twenty first, when that race is, it will be beautiful weather. Then I trust your meteorology skills. <laughs> All right, so um, I want to talk some soccer here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, so we'll start with the women's World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the happy hour, we kind of talked about the women's World Cup because it started on Friday. Uh, has the U.S. You guys hit me to this. Has the U.S. played yet? Not yet. Not until Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. So when this podcast comes out, a uh, day later, the, the women play. If people listen right away. That's a good if point. If you listen to this I forget, on a delay. I forget that yeah. there's people who don't listen Or if you binge this, yeah. you already know yeah. the result. That's true. Uh, and, the, and the U.S. plays who? Thailand in Thailand. the first game. Thailand. Start. So, prediction. Farley prediction. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, a, a, US, uh, a U.S. win. I don't mm-hmm. think that's going out on a limb. Uh, but I'd say, you know, I, I bet they beat them three or four to nothing. That's my test. What's prediction. your prediction? I was going higher than three or four to really? nothing. I'm thinking okay. somewhere in the five to seven range. Wow. Okay. I think it's going to be 15 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad uh, we all are, are, are different, uh, uh, low, medium, and high. So mm-hmm. we've got different results predicted. Yeah. Papa Bear for me. Um, so 15 nothing. Five to seven to nothing. I got three or four nothing. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to the U.S. team. I've I've, I've seen a lot of really cool videos, mm-hmm. hype videos about the U.S. team. The hype is so it real. Is. It is real. Uh, so, um, what what are your your thoughts on the on the uh, tournament? Since you're you're the both of you guys are soccer experts, the resident experts in yeah. the field. Yeah, um, I'm stoked. I had a really disappointing experience at the Men's World Cup last year. I was in Germany. For the end of the group ah. stage and the beginning of the the next round. So was this when the U.S. didn't make it? This is when the U.S. didn't make it, and I was rooting for the men's, the German men's team, and they didn't make it out of the group stage. And I literally booked my trips that I was in Berlin for some of these games. Wow! And I was like, wow, this sucks. Wow! Um, so I'm hoping to have a much better experience. Don't go to France. No, I'm yeah, not going to go to France. Seriously, don't jinx them. <laughs> um, cool. Well, yeah, yeah. So that was. I know I'm 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 so disappointed that the men aren't going to be in it, but the women are. So we, I'm going to focus all our energy on this one this year. I was also disappointed that the men did not qualify for the women's tournament. <laughs> yeah, I felt true. like if yeah. they had, they 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 might have had a good fairing. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll just put all our chips in on the women's team then. Since, but I'm, since I'm, the men didn't qualify right. for the women's tournament. I'm really stoked for this team. Like I feel like they're really well rounded, and that folks have been kind of talking a little smack about this team. That mm-hmm. oh. Oh, they're missing some of the big names and the big stars from previous years. I was like, but the talent is so deep. Like, just because you don't know every single name on the squad doesn't mean that they're a standout talent. 
Who is the star player on the women's team? Ooh, great question. I um, think they have a bunch of they them. They do. They have a ton, actually. Who would be the one I would I, I think would you, know. you know Alex Morgan. She's, okay. she's playing great. She's playing up front. Yep. You know Carly uh, Lloyd. Carly Lloyd, yep. Carly okay. Lloyd is mm-hmm. at Rutgers. Uh, Megan Rapino. Rapino is playing out of her mind right now. She is. She also has and hot pink hair right now, which I'm loving. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. And of course, UVA's own Becky Sauerbron is oh. probably one of the best defenders in the world. There we go. And and she doesn't get the credit because she's not an offensive player, mm. but it's worth noting. And then right. Tobin Heath. All right. And to- Tobin Heath is also peaking. Who's the goalie? Well, that's where that's where we're not as good as we've been in the past. Mm. But her um her essentially her pass percentages, her pass completion, to use a term that you will understand, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, is higher on the ground than Hope Solo. So I think that potentially you have a really good transitional play. All right. All right. Well, I've got high hopes for them. They start on Tuesday. Uh, so that'll be really cool to watch. And all the games are on TV, I'm sure, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. And, and I think can... we got a great group. So we follow okay. up Thailand with Chile and then Sweden. So I think, you know, knock on wood, mm-hmm. things are going to go well for us. Um. The, w- the women are so good that the tournament doesn't really begin until the second round. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope you didn't just jinx them. So they, uh, if, so they'll make if they the don't get round. out of the first round, then there's something really wrong in Denmark. It would be a big yeah. Denmark. Denmark. They're in France. Things are rotten in Denmark. Uh, that's got to be a, a phrase. It's got to be a, a saying. I, no. It's got to be a Simpsons it's reference. Up there with crowbar. <laughs> or it's. I, I bet you guys it's, need to read more. Uh, that's a, all I got It's a say. Simpson reference, I'm sure. Um, all right, so that was uh, the Women's World Cup. Um, Docs, I feel like I saw you uh-huh. on TV recently at a soccer game. Yes, that's correct. I mean... Good call. Please explain, and we'll tweet out the picture at Pace the Nation. Please I don't explain. think we can tweet the picture out, actually. All right, so we will I think U.S. soccer will be not happy with that. All but, right, well, but, uh, find was... us at the next happy hour. We'll show you the yes. picture. How yeah, about that? Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's how you drive up attendance. <laughs> yes, uh, but you were at a, was that, that was a national, that wasn't a DC United game. It was, U, USA played Jamaica, uh, Jamaica mm. in a, a friendly, because the, the men's team is getting ready for the Gold Cup. Okay. Uh, which which can a, we, sidebar really quickly, mm-hmm. address the fact that the Women's World Cup final and two other major men's games are all scheduled yeah. for the same day? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a error. Better. Well, they did. No, it's. I. I don't think that FIFA really respects the the women's That's tournament. They do not. Also, uh, I have a big problem hmm. with the motto this year for the women's tournament. What's the motto? Dare to shine. What? What? What's? What's wrong with it's that? It's lame. It's also kind of condescending, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Dare to shine. I haven't digested that. Um, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, like for me. Like FIFA always does goofy things, and and so I, I, I wouldn't really feel like it was uh, insulting as much as the insults that come from FIFA. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, like but they, they, you know, it's it's well documented that that these guys uh, over in Europe don't respect the game, uh, and there's a it's an uphill climb for for uh, the sport, but. There was a great article out, I can't remember if it was in the Times or elsewhere, that essentially broke down and interviewed over 100 of the women who are competing in the tournament about their experiences in the game. And it was Mm -hmm. really cool. They talked about sacrifices, and a lot of these players are unpaid or have second jobs. Like, this is not a full-time gig, even though it it really is. Um, It was an awesome article to read. 
All right, so we'll find that and we'll tweet that one out as well, um, or put it out on Instagram on the on the Instagram story because uh, I'm interested in in, in, in reading that. I, I'm I'm j- disappointed that they they would. I wonder I, they've got to be different times though. FIFA would put the. Well, I mean, like one game's going to be in France, and one game's going to be in the United States, and okay, one game's so going to be in South zone. America. Okay. So there'll be different time zones. But for the final of a major tournament, you expect to have the uh, dignitaries from the right. FIFA organization. Oh, gotcha. They can't be in three different continents. Wow, that is crazy. Hmm. It'd be like... It, I'll be okay with it if they prioritize the Women's World Cup, which is more important than the other two regional tournaments. Right. So if, if, if the head of FIFA and all of the dignitaries and everybody are in France and nobody shows up to the Gold Cup, then that might be okay. It was like us scheduling uh, the, uh, the happy, happy hour. hour. with Probably not a good example mm-hmm. with, with the pride race going on and Brian mm-hmm. Knight's wedding. Correct. Uh, Brian Knight's wedding is getting a lot, a lot of run on it this It is, yeah. On this program. It's probably the most talked about wedding. Uh, we, we talked about this more than any royal wedding. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, she, his wife, this is, this is Paste the Nation royal. His, his wife better listen now. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, what were you doing at this event, Docs? Oh, at the soccer game? Yeah. I was working for U.S. soccer. Oh, very cool. And, okay. and so I had a, a really good spot. Uh, so you could see me like on the sideline when they like, when they did right, a corner kick. Right, you were like right on yeah. the field. Yes, which was very cool. He's very cryptic about um, what you do for well, DC United and so, and and no, and I've always I've, I've been very open about what okay. I do for DC United. For this one, I could have done stats, but uh, they had other things. I just wanted to do something different, and I wanted to be out walking on the the field and. Uh, you know, pregame and all this kind of stuff. So it, it was just something different. So did cool. you have a job that you were yeah. there? What were you yes. doing? Uh, I think I was a photo marshal. Okay. And all these professional photographers were listening to me. It was hilarious. So you're telling these photographers where they can and can't go? Yes. Okay. And they would get upset, but they would do it. And, and this U.S. soccer is very restrictive about mm-hmm. uh, uh, what you can and can't do. And, and this game was at Audi Field? It was at Audi Field. And I will also say... U.S. soccer travels so well. They have this, like, wrapping that they, they wrap the entire stadium. Hmm. So it's, it's just like this, this wrap that they put over the walls and everything. It's crazy. U.S. soccer branding was mm-hmm. everywhere. It's so impressive how quickly they put that up. And, you know, like the doors to the locker rooms had, like, U.S. soccer. And, so all and the DC walls. United stuff was gone. Uh, well, there was some DC United stuff still there. But, right. I mean, just... just the the U.S. soccer branding was everywhere. That's cool. On every camera shot, Impressive. so it's 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 like every game, even though they travel in different places, they get the same feel. It's, it's very impressive. All right, very cool on that. But Docs, mm-hmm. we we got to get to. Uh, you're still on your bike out on the the, the WND oh, yeah. trail, right? Yeah, we need to we need to make sure that 51 percent of this show is not talking about soccer. Otherwise, <laughs> we're going to have to change all of our categories. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And our and our you know who we're target audiences right mm-hmm. uh but you're out on the w no trail not running so we're still not quite there but uh you're correct you're getting in shape too but I, you know i did go to uh uh dr beck mm-hmm. on tuesday yeah he either is making a lot of progress with with my legs or he has detached everything in my <laughs> leg and i will never be able to walk again the jury's still out okay. but but i am getting treatment hopefully right it's now. the former 
I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're out there. Your calf is. Yeah. Is, is so good I'm riding bike. bike. I'm still riding my bike until things feel good. Yeah. And you saw the the Washington Capitol again. I did. Out there. Yes. He was on his very expensive rollerblades, hmm. uh, walking his dog. Or his dog was walking. He was not walking. We need you to get a picture of this because I, I know, but I don't. I, and the thing is, like, I looked at him when when I went past him. I I I looked at his face and I was like, I'm gonna remember this face. I'm not good with faces. I'm not good with names. <laughs> Should we get you like a printout of the roster to tape yes. to your handlebars for the next time this probably, happens? Probably, probably. That's a good idea. Um, it's is it? And I wanted. To, I also wanted to ask you. You said it might have been Andre Kuznetsov. Well, that was. After I did the thing, the the first thing, that's what I thought. Yeah, because he's been in the news. Oh yes, exactly. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um, for I not s- good reasons. For not good reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so you can Google that, but um, that's it, hilarious. I thought of that too. But yeah. then then uh, Tess already uh, put the kibosh on. Yeah, because he was logistically right. it would have been yeah. difficult. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well. Um, and I can say that where I saw this guy skating was actually quite a few miles away from where I saw him the first time. So this this guy's going out on a like a legit skate. Maybe he's not a capital. Why? I don't know. Why? I, 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 I don't know. I, I just think... He had a foreign accent. Okay. So all foreign accent skaters yeah, are... Are professional <laughs> no, hockey players? Well, it's, I think it's more likely. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, um, next time you see him, we, we need some more information. So, so when I passed him the first time, I like... When I passed him this time, I looked at him and I said, in my head, I was like, I'm going to remember this face. I'm going to remember this face. But it was like another hour and a half before I got home. Mm. And by the time I got home, I was like, I have no it's idea what he looks like. Like, yeah, it could have been any of them. All right. Well, next time you see him, we'll hopefully. And if you've seen him out there, I mean, he's probably very recognizable. Mm-hmm. Uh, tweet us at Pace Nation. Uh, you can always tweet us. Uh, tweet us at Pace Nation. Do some uh, own uh, detective work for you. Do your own sleuthing for us. We'd love to figure out who this person is. This is so creepy. All right, episode 196 in the books. Great show, guys. Uh, really appreciate uh, the opportunity to sit down with our guest, Bob Wallace. I really enjoyed that interview. Best of luck to uh, my friend and mentor, Bob Wallace. Uh, hopefully. You were able to download this podcast, Bob. Uh, I'd be shocked if you're still listening after <laughs> all, all the, the, you know, all, all that we talked about afterwards. You never know. All the non-running talk. After, well, you never know. But uh, uh, for everybody. Maybe he doesn't know how to turn it off. That's <laughs> That's probably true. For everybody who has uh, learned about our podcast at the RA Kick Show, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we do usually do a little more running talk. All right. For William E. Docs, for Test Strike, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We will see you next week.
Farley, do you remember in, in school when they renovated Newcomb Hall? Mm-hmm, I do. And and then, uh, which is a dining hall, and then they opened like a a, uh, a a temporary dining hall, which was just a bunch of tents. Yes. Out in uh, the in the field. Yep. Um, which I don't know that I ever ate there. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that was your tuition money, hard at work, eating <laughs> in a tent outside? Yes, I did. I was... Um, and, and I was uh, a big fan of Newcomb Hall. <clears throat> so, you know, I was... You get all emotional I'm about getting this. choked up about this. <laughs> uh, wow. No. Um, I, I, actually, I actually was uh, disappointed. I felt like it was not... I actually felt the opposite. I felt like my money was wasted because I was a big fan of Newcomb Hall before mm-hmm. they destroyed it. Oh, <clears throat> man. But you didn't, you didn't like the renovation? I did later, but not yeah. in the tents. You didn't, you, you, you didn't like the tents? No. Mm-mm. Did you like, like the tents? There's so many logistical errors you could get yeah. with a tent. Do you like the tents? I don't. I don't think I ever went in it. Oh, really? Okay. I just remember because you said this was ironic, and I remember when you you were telling a story about eating from, in the tents yeah. uh, when you were it was ironic. Yeah. Yeah, because you you uh, uh, because you were looking for a knife, <laughs> and all I could find is a spoon. <laughs> they had ten thousand spoons. It's a good one. No, that was your joke. Yeah. You came to uh, practice. See, and I like said it. That. I like it. But that um, that was the kind of thing that 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 temporary Newcomb Hall thing had was yeah. like they would have no knives or they would have like yeah and we ran was, out of plates. That's why I was didn't feel like my tuition dollars were hard at work. All mm-hmm. right, 